0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It's our one-year birthday, so hope you guys got us a bunch of jimboree clothes, you tots. (laughs) We're going to try to bail ourselves out from last week. It is Wednesday, September 30th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. I am your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B. Rad Colvin. That'd be me. What is happening? Happy one year.
1: Happy one year, man. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you. Monday was our official... One year ago, Monday, we put out the first show of what we we didn't know what was going to happen. Actually, it didn't have a, a sh- we didn't have a following. It didn't have a name. It didn't have anything.
1: And look at us now. We're, wa- <laughs> we're crawling and walking and
0: we're very on brand. We're still just
1: <laughs> we're,
0: <laughs> we're in the teething stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we apologize for the meltdown last week. I-, I personally have not listened to the episode, yeah, so nor
1: have I It's um, just kind of all a blur. Hey, But Carson and I are both still alive. Um, We made it out of the garage, and uh, we're just happy to be here.
0: Yeah, the podcast did too, so sorry to some of you. But uh, we've got more than enough to unpack since we didn't cover half of last week anyway. So uh, are you ready to get after it?
1: Let's get it! It's the weekly catch-up with Carson and Brad here to talk about the week we done had it could be sports religion politics we keeping the tabs you would think they work for gucci how they deep in they bag get your facts up on wednesday we'll be counting the stats up so turn the volume up till it's maxed up you know the drill so tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill we back up this is the weekly catch up This is your morning fellow podcast pick-me-up, and you know what? Oh, man, that sucks. There's no other way to say it, and I wish I could say you were the only one, but you're not. After 215 radio shows, I can't tell you how many times I screwed up the video on that, forgot to turn it on, or the battery went dead and I didn't realize it in the middle of the show, or... You know, we leaned on the mute button while we were talking, and, uh, you know, that just left blank space. I mean, there's so many things that went wrong in that show. And even now, with the confessions of a recovering landlord, Mom and I have recorded an entire show and lost it and had to start all the way over again.
0: I don't know about you, man. I know I shared that with you last week because. That really picked me up a little bit. I was like, I woke up to that voicemail. That was my father, the Honorable Bob Gibbons, co-host of uh, Confessions of a Recovering Landlord. He's a big part of the reason why we're here today doing this because he kind of forced my hand by offering me his old show, Next Level Show, back in the day after they'd done, I've talked about it on the show, they did 200 plus episodes and killed it. But after hearing about the plight from last week, he had, just uh, left me that voicemail the next morning and it was kind of heartwarming. I know I sent it over to you and
1: yeah, I mean, it meant a lot to me as well um, to know that we're in good company as far as that goes. And then um, also him still finding some value in some of the things that we had to say, even though we were feeling pretty down and dejected, Um,
0: bro. I feel like our new promotions like marketing strategy just needs to be, don't listen to the episode. And then (laughs) everybody listens listens to to the episode.
1: Yeah. We
0: got more fan feedback on this episode than any other. I'm right. like, we should mess up more.
1: Yeah. Well, here we go. Steady
0: messing up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Shout out to my dad for that, you know, little anecdote. We really appreciate that. That definitely lifted our spirits after. Uh. Last week was difficult, man. Yeah. It's been kind of a difficult month, honestly.
1: Um. It, it would appear that way. September is just kind of gone by and, you know, tomorrow's. Tomorrow when we are in October, but yeah, I would agree this month has been a little heavier uh, than most, it seems like.
0: Yeah, there's just a lot going on.
1: Yeah, but we're going to enter the month of October with high spirits, and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, I feel like last week we hit rock bottom as far as uh, podcasting goes, and now there's only one way to go, and that is up. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, out of the garage yeah, <laughs> into the studio yeah, false alarm it's like you know the car battery died like, <laughs> we gotta walk back in the house uh, there's nothing worse than an
0: attempted suicide brad <laughs> oh man yeah yeah i just don't know um yeah i thought i was still monitoring the sound waves bro we're just having technical difficulties all over the place but
1: yeah we got a late start, start here today but that's okay
0: yeah, we're trying out a brand new studio location down here in Victory Park.
1: Man, yeah. it's, it feels nice to be able to sprawl out my legs without uh, touching your thighs. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: that's not normally happening, folks, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we're a progressive podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't let Carson fool you.
0: So I'll be honest. like, I did not listen to last week's episode like so many of our listeners did. Um, so I don't really know. Like, <laughs> we just went with the original show notes from last week and, like, the description of the details of the show. And then I put in, like, this little anecdote, like, yeah, we, we talked about all this and on the podcast that we lost, but, you know, listen to this crappy episode anyway. Yep. And so, uh, in the consoling efforts, I heard from my dad. I also heard from your dad. Oh, yeah. Is that right? He took a slightly different tone <laughs> with the whole thing, I, I would didn't. say. And I, I don't know. I don't know if we ended up talking about his jokes on the second podcast last week, um, but basically, I-, I have to reiterate part of that. So, <laughs> Dean Colvin, <laughs> a week ago, September 23, 1052 a.m. timestamp.
1: <laughs> he waited a little later on that day. Yeah.
0: He said, hey, Carson, this has got to be better than a Your Mama joke. I've noticed for a while now you're setting around 992 contacts. You being a number statistic guy, doesn't it eat at you that you only need roughly <laughs> eight more contacts to be at a thousand? Maybe reach out to some of those recruiters you have and check out their contacts to see if you could just pull a few over. Lol. You demand, man, be to man. Smiley. Hey. It's like, we're looking at like a three paragraph thing here. And, uh, so we had razzed the heck out of Dean yeah, in last week's deleted episode. The one for the,
1: the lost file, yeah, the,
0: the vault. Um, <laughs> We really took it to him because I was like, "I need to let you know, I haven't been at sub a thousand LinkedIn connections since I started in the game."
1: Yeah, car, car. I made, I made him pull it up, Dad, and he showed me. He's like in the high four K, maybe five K. Yeah. Um. So he he's got a lot of connections, man.
0: Yeah, I'm steady connecting, Dean. Yeah. You should you should follow my network. You should people <laughs> what we have going on over here, at a. Weekly catch up productions. <laughs> hey. we, we play for good music. That's right. <laughs> so we really got at him on that. I think that just got lost in the wash. And um, so Thursday, after he listened to the episode, he hit me up. And <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> this is his best work yet. Okay. Love he it. goes, dude, hey, I'm so sorry I brought up those eight contacts that would put you over a thousand contacts. I didn't know that you'd get frazzled in a racial's podcast. <laughs> just teasing with you. I'll stick to the your mama jokes, lol. And then he actually says words of encouragement, as Andy would say to Barney Fife, or just throwing you a nugget, as Bradley would say. Your second, uh, your second take doing the podcast was great. Glad you're making a recovery. Appreciate what you guys are doing. You guys crack me up. haha. ha. Oh, and I'll have something for y'all the next podcast. Then he sends me a Barney Fife meme. And then he sent me today. Your mom is so stupid. She took a ruler to bed to see how long she slept. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, one's pretty, yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, yeah. I
0: To his credit, the best thing he's ever sent me is the follow-up throwing <laughs> shade at our deleted episode saying, I didn't know that my stupid little joke would make you lose your mind and delete that podcast. (laughs) That's great. Truest shade thrown by Dean yet.
1: I love it. And I actually have a little bit more from my dad. Um, He sent me an email today. And so I'm going to read that now if that's cool with you.
0: Yeah. He's just like he's up on those business communications. Yeah. How does he get a hold of like other people like facts? Like, (laughs) yes. He's like, wait, wait for the wire.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So here we go. (laughs) <laughs> we love you Dean yeah. it says congratulations on making one year on y'all's podcast I'm sure it's exciting going from not knowing what you guys may talk about like poop uh, to sports, religion <laughs> politics, personal stuff hurricanes, COVID-19 businesses cities city shutting down, schools zooming from home not being able to eat out with your friends, drive throughs only, wildfires Guys, you are living it and speaking it. Proud of you both. I wanted to give y'all a dollar a piece for 52 weeks, which is a $104 and a 52% bonus on the 104, totaling $158.08 split two ways for a total of 79 cents and or sorry, $79.04 each. I know Carson will fact check me on that. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> may the bills get crispier and the coins get shinier on your way to financial freedom remember good better best it's always good to find a table to eat at even better being asked to eat at someone else's table but the best is when everyone is able to eat at your table learn from yesterday and be the leaders of today and make your mark on the future be yourself and have lots of fun you guys hearin' hearin' me <laughs> pun intended <laughs> and again congrats and so i have uh, your share oh snap he's got cash monies And i have mine here as well
0: oh my goodness this so, is happening right now
1: um so that's his you know whenever we talked about the the paywall this is his yearly contribution and uh, so, if we ever do go to Patreon, <laughs> my dad already has a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm So big, big thank you to Dad. Uh, thank you, Dean. We appreciate it. I, I, I guess
0: have said all that stuff about you if I'd known that this was about <laughs> he, to happen. He specifically
1: <laughs> told me to wait until you told oh, the jokes. <laughs> of course. How
0: do I get on that? like Dean subscription that you have with like eating at my table and your table and he's over here on my LinkedIn just like yeah your, your mama, mama su- your mama sucks yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like where do I get the inspirational <laughs> Dean feed that's crazy
1: oh yeah so um, yeah that, that means a lot to me I, I feel like after um, you know behind the scenes setting up for this podcast I think I know where I'd like uh, my money to go and, and contribute to is maybe getting some better equipment for the pod yeah um just throwing that out there but uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) save the show critique for half the show (laughs) brad's like let's just do it right here i (laughs) want a freaking raise
1: let's just get on amazon on air Bro, I'm
0: on Amazon every day just looking yeah. at podcast content, podcast equipment, and penny
1: loafers for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you got to walk around being so stressed out yeah. and getting ready for the show. Each well, week.
0: Connor and Tanner have brand new <laughs> penny loafers, so I got to get some.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, again, Dad, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, thank well, you,
0: yeah. Sir. I mean, thanks to my dad for the voicemail. Anytime yeah. you want to send money, you could do that, like <laughs> Dean, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing.
1: Yeah. I'm but- playing. So that was that was his little deal.
0: Wow, that's crazy, Yeah, okay. I don't even know where to go from there.: Yeah, you know, last week was just a wash because like I again, I don't know what made it. We circled back on some topics that we covered in episode co- one
1: you know, I tried here and there, yeah, <laughs> and you weren't really feeling it.
0: Man, I was just in my little pity party,
1: yeah, it's okay, man. It was um, I feel anyway. like
0: I progressively got loopier on that show.
1: That's okay. We don't need to reflect on all of that.
0: But dude, 50 episodes. The True Anniversary is Monday. Congrats. And
1: thank you for calling me on that day. You know, after your phone call, I was like, you know, that really is a monumental uh, thing. It's been a staple in our lives for the past year. um, And it is a big deal. So I appreciate you reaching out and calling me. Um, It means a lot. And this podcast means a lot to me.
0: It was uh, very brief, but I did want, you know, what did I say? I was like, I'm not just a fame whore for social media. (laughs) Like, you know, happy anniversary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for taking the call. That was Monday. How was, how was the rest of your week been in this wonderful 2020 world?
1: Oh man. You know, after that, after that last episode, I, I, um, I've just been living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that Um, things turned around. Yeah, no. So on Friday, Courtney and I, uh, after work, uh, went up to Austin and visited my mom and, and Brian and, uh, got to hang out with them. We went to Cheesecake Factory. And then I saw that. Um, yeah, it was pretty tasty and uh, watched the Stars game and they ended up winning. Uh, no, they might have lost Friday and I think they won Saturday night. Um, but Saturday, we went to Waco and met up with Courtney's parents. And that was actually a really big deal to me. Um, not only that, you know, my mom's meeting Courtney's parents, but this is the first time I've ever uh, introduced my mom to any significant other's parents. And, you know, it's because she lives in Austin, a little bit further away. It's a little bit harder to set up. And so I want to make sure that, uh, you know, it's, it's something serious. And obviously, uh, you guys have heard me on several episodes talk about Courtney and how serious that is. So it, it uh, man, it just warmed my heart to be able to introduce them and for it to go so well. Uh, we got to hang out over at Chip and uh, Joanna Gaines uh, restaurant, the Magnolia Table, which was, I mean, the wait time was incredulous man it was like two like hours minimum Three. Oh. three hours okay so we actually put our name down um now i will say it's pretty sweet in that you can put your name down they'll text you and then on the app you can see where you know how many people are in front of you so we actually did our shopping beforehand we thought we were going to get a breakfast and then go shopping but we ended up getting a, a late lunch and shopping beforehand um, but the food was delicious and company was even better and so uh, that was great then Courtney and I went back to Austin to chill with my mom and Brian uh, until Sunday. Uh, watched the Cowboys game. I'm sure we can talk about that here in a bit. Um, we don't have to. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> not, and, not a
0: great week to be a Dallas sports fan.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. You know, I'm still proud of the Stars, though. Like, all right. Yeah, I mean, they got to Game Six uh, with their backup goalie. You know, if no, they were the underdogs. Don't all forget season.
0: that we didn't we fire the coach for alcoholism or. Oh, sexual yeah, we, harassment did, we did, we like did, earlier this season yeah, we did, before uh, the split season.
1: We did announce that on here, didn't we? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Like that was within the last so, year. A tumultuous uh season, you know, ended up we they did good for for themselves, you know.
0: I mean, yeah, given the array of other things that were going on. I'm not yeah. really versed to speak on this, honestly. So
1: Yeah, that's all right. Um my but, boss
0: was pretty bummed. It's yeah. so funny. He has his like Mercedes um weekender van. Uh-huh. And he's been using it as as his daily commuter. And the other day, we were both leaving the parking garage. And he's just rolling out in this huge Mercedes van. And the window's down. He just yells through the parking garage, Go Stars! (laughs) 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 It was just very unexpected and funny. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: And then they lost that night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So we get back from Austin. And then on Monday, I went with Gerald and Alec to the watch party again at American Airlines Center. Obviously, wasn't the turnout that we were hoping for, but it was still a great time. Um, overpriced food, hanging out, hanging out with your buddies. Uh, <laughs>
0: you guys want to go watch bigger TVs over there? <laughs> <I> <laughs> they mean, got cheese, cheese nachos.
1: It was a cool atmosphere. I'm not mad at it, but um, yeah, the rest of my week has been pretty decent. Can't complain. Pretty decent. Yeah. Pretty, All right. Pretty decent. So, um, how about you, man? Now, how, have, how have you been since that dark, fateful night? You know,
0: dark, fateful nights turn into uh, dark, fateful weeks and months. Oh, So I've just been in the thick of it. All right. Um,
1: I like the air of mystery.
0: I mean, I feel like I handled some of this on the, you know, we do a pre-show. This is the stuff that y'all really want. We do an off-the-record session prior to yeah. the podcast where it's like, what'd she say?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's basically where we talk about all of you behind your backs. <laughs>
0: yeah. We're like, and then Alec did this. and yeah. like, can you believe that? I can't believe it. And I never can, Alec. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it's been fine. Um, it's the end of the quarter, so for every sales guy, like, you know, we're in the pod right now. We're doing the show. I got my email cracked up in one corner, and uh, we will put a dramatic end to the episode for a moment <laughs> if faithful emails come through, but that's every that's every salesperson's end of quarter situation. So
1: yeah,
0: um, end of quarter, end of fiscal year. So it's a big fateful night. But uh, I got out to the driving range a couple times this weekend, just really working on that new swing. Okay, um, watched a little bit of the Cowboys game and the Corrales Punta Cana Resort Championship. Ooh. Don't really need to talk too much about that. It was basically like the third event into the new season for the PGA Tour, sandwiched in between basically majors so no yeah. one really cares uh guy wanted that is had big ups and downs hudson's Wofford shout out to him cool stuff i watched a little bit of the russian grand prix how was that it was really interesting like did you catch any of it zero um so of course lewis hamilton of course is on pole mm-hmm. per the use pretty sure it's like hamilton verstappen uh uh bottas is uh that the other mercedes driver
1: um, I'm not super well versed right. in, in this world.
0: Anyway, they gave Lewis Hamilton like back to back five second penalties for like some sort of start and stop mm. on the track in between the pit, maybe in the, uh, the real track. Like he'd done some sort of illegal maneuver that he was like completely dumbfounded or at least played that way. Ended up going down to so they tacked on like 10 seconds to his uh, his pit stop at some point. Okay. And he comes back out in like 10th or 11th position quickly overtakes like everybody mm-hmm. ends up on the podium uh, in number three. Wow. But it's just like, obviously physically dismayed.
1: Like, yeah, cause he would have been first.
0: Well, he looked like he just lost his own podcast or something. <laughs> like he was like, not yeah. happy. He was not having it at all. Yeah. Um, so that was just the situation. I mean, he
1: only lost 10 seconds though. Yeah. We lost two hours.
0: Yeah. But 10 seconds in <laughs> F1.
1: I know I'm teasing.
0: Anyway. Um. Yeah. So, caught that um it was kind of an uneventful weekend just chilled out yeah i'm trying to think back to uh i did watch the social dilemma Yeah. your recommendation and i thought that it was a compelling way that they put that production together Mm -hmm. with the live action like here's the real implications on today's family
1: yeah with a little bit of acting
0: yeah like they interspersed it really interestingly and they also had heavy hitters yeah from those former companies Facebook, because
1: twitter one of
0: those guys Google. was like the founder of yeah. one of Co-founder. those mm-hmm. um so you know uh, overall though I'm, I'm trying to remember back like i feel more strongly about the production value and quality of the the situation that they put forth rather than fear i'm i'm well i'm fearful about it from other people's perspectives in some ways but mm-hmm. for my own like again you know, maybe this is stuff we discussed on the deleted episode. Yeah, that's what
1: I'm wondering. Did we even bring up The Social Dilemma yeah, two
0: episodes ago? We're referencing stuff from the deleted episode, I bet. <laughs> Got it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So for those that so don't know, The Social Dilemma is a new Netflix uh, documentary that discusses um, a lot of social platforms and the internet and how they track everything that you're doing. Like, let's say you get on Instagram and it actually like has a timer on how long you're on a photo and then it'll find uh, photo, other photos that kind of meet the same, uh, I don't know, content. So, and then it, you know, obviously registers your likes and same on Facebook. So let's say, you know, you're liking a a lot of right wing or left wing stuff. It's going to start pumping out, uh, more content that matches that rather than trying to, um, show you everybody's feed if that makes sense. So
0: bro, like it does make more sense as to why my Instagram Explorer is the way it is.
1: Yeah, a lot of chicks, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude is just like babes, bikinis, and then it's golf. Yeah. And then it was babes and golf <laughs> and like I was like I didn't know these girls existed, bro. Like, yeah. you know. Golf girls. Yeah, I mean, hot hot golf girls. Like yeah. it's crazy. I'm always telling my golf buddies that are aren't on on Instagram. I'm like, dude, get on Instagram. This is crazy. <laughs> but I'm like this isn't healthy. Like I don't, why am I seeing this? But then have you ever gone back through your like history? No, it's an interesting journey. If you go into like your Instagram settings or whatever, see like a pattern. Oh yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Can I see a pattern or are you just asking in general? I'm
1: just, I'm asking you like if you had gone back and then it's like, (laughs) I have gone back. It's like a paper trail. I I see how you got to golf girls. I see a pattern. (laughs) Got it. Okay.
0: Um, it's just, I tend to, uh, I'm not going to talk
1: about it, actually. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. I mean, listen, you've talked about Disney princesses. I don't know why we can't go down this road.
0: I think for, what?
1: (laughs) I've done what? Talked about Disney princesses. Did we say anything about that? when on the deleted you, episode you gotta, or in a real gotta, episode you got to go back to like the teens or the 20s man it's in it's in one of those one of the- were we playing like screw mary kill or something <laughs> <laughs> no man i think you just brought it up you one want day. to <laughs> let's do it uh,
0: i'm just saying instagram be tripping and it is scary cuz it's like yo like i don't it's know it's just
1: it, if if all that's tripping then you're tripping man it's it's just a mirror it's just Do, holding it up. Is was
0: that from the deleted episode where we talked about how social media and all of this is just a reflection of your own brain and your own um interest in different things at Let's that time? Let's pretend like we didn't. Okay, so wait, so we it wasn't we, the d- delete.
1: We, we did not talk about it, no.
0: I think this might have been in the deleted episode where we were discussing the social dilemma and how yes, if you're like a sheep and just herded by the you know, by the masses into whatever pit they need you in that day, you can view it that way. But I also think that, you know, it's a service that can connect people for really good things, for fundraisers, for birthdays, for um, awareness, um, you know, keeps people in touch with others. Mm -hmm. All of these things are, it's a double-edged sword. And one of the narratives coming out of the social dilemma and also, actually the social dilemma kind of puts some of this to bed, I think, if I recall it correctly. And it's that everybody thinks that Facebook, when they say they're selling your data, they think that they're handing other people your file that says, well, Carson you know, likes all these girls' photos and he, he is on eBay or he's on Amazon for penny loafers and podcast equipment mm-hmm. all the time. Like, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> you need to find a girl that sells penny loafers and golf clubs <laughs> and podcast equipment. Yeah. No, they're, they're just presenting real-time auctions for people's behavior and who they are as a complete profile from all the different digital trails that they're able to follow through. Facebook and its partners and all of this different situation. So it's not like they're handing over your data to a third party. They're handing you over to the third party to be advertised to.
1: Yeah, um, one of the most one of the biggest takeaways from that is that uh, you using social media. Like uh, typically, we think of ourselves as the consumer, but we are not the consumer. We are the goods being sold to these advertising companies. We
0: are the consumed.
1: Yes, we are the product.
0: I'll go back to. You know, mass communications 101, uh, Southwestern Adventist University. Shout out to Dr. Bob Mindenhall. Yeah. He taught us, he did a simple exercise on the whiteboard and he said, Okay, TV. And he just put it in a box. He's like, What do they sell? And we were like, Ads. <laughs> and he was like, To who? And we said, To us. <laughs> and then he, he drew it with the arrows and all of this. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> TV sells you to advertisers mm-hmm. this was like 2008 and
1: ahead of his time
0: one of his uh, most remarkable quotes that i don't remember if it was his friend that said this or what but they were out camping and this was probably 40 years ago and you could see in the distance like in uh, far away there was a home and you could just barely see the faint glow of like the tv screen through the the window mm-hmm. in the house and his friend was noted to have said there's the modern American glow of the modern American campfire. Mm-hmm. You know people huddled around huddled sharing around. stories and I, I think it was like Bob's favorite thing. He yeah. said it in every class and it kind of stuck with me and it's funny how just some of the simple things that he was teaching back then you know were seen in documentaries 12 years later and it's like But we knew that. Yeah. But I guess I went to communication school. Right. You know, I don't know things about the human body. I didn't go to, you know, biology school.
1: Yeah. I mean. Dumb example. (laughs) I instantly regret that. (laughs) I mean, you don't learn much from the golf girls.
0: (laughs) I do. (laughs) Learn a lot, Brad. (laughs) Uh, Four. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. So so I watched dilemma. I watched that. Yeah. That was cool. Um, I
1: I did think it was a little too bleak. Like, I think, I think the world is a little bit more hopeful um, than that documentary suggested.
0: Well, when we're talking about the technology and the platforms and all of this as a whole, um, it is Facebook's monetization strategy doesn't necessarily lead to the best democracy and world in certain perspectives. You can make that argument for sure. Yeah. but I think that they're extrapolating it to, like, the current political climate and what will sell best on a six-second reel or, uh, you know, on Vimeo, YouTube, social media, whatever. And, I mean, the world is definitely in a strange place at the moment. Sure. ATM. I mean. Really? Uh, well, so, Brianna Taylor, the cops in Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. What was this, a week or two ago? Yep. They didn't get directly charged. No. With her murder.
1: No, he got charged with firing a bullet into a wall. You want to talk about it? Um, you lead off.
0: It's a really um, tragic situation, and you know, on its face, like it definitely appears that Brianna Taylor is an innocent bystander whose home was invaded and she was murdered. Um. I honestly feel for the police officers in this scenario okay. as well. They're acting on orders on something called a no knock warrant. Yeah. And this has got to end. Sure. You remember the fuss that we did over Ati- Atatiana Tatiana Jefferson when they entered her backyard and then shot her through her own window. Yep. And she just thought that some intruder was out creeping around. And so she grabbed her own weapon inside the house within her full legal rights. Right. None of that even happened in the scenario. This woman was sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if this was a no-knock warrant on the wrong home or somebody had tipped them off with bad information because they were really looking for like a, an ex of hers or yeah. something of that effect. And these no-knock warrants are set up for violence. And when you don't announce yourself and you kick down a door and somebody is just looking down the, the barrel of a, a gun – you know, you're going to grab your gun because you think it's just, you both, I think that uh, it was either Crystal and Cigar or um, potentially, I would hate to think it was Ben Shapiro, but they were both pointing out that, you know, both of these parties thought that they were firing at the same individuals, which were drug dealers yeah. and neither of them were. Right. Um, so, you know, well, it, there's, there's nuance in it. You know, I'm not, I, do I think that there's police brutality and bad apples and clearly wrong situations? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think that these guys were operating off bad information from their local precinct on a bad system. We need to do away with no knock warrants. And, you know, we got to think about these bystanders too.
1: Right. And I'm definitely not a, um, all cops are bad person, anything like that. But there's clearly been enough situations in the past several years or even months in which there's, there's just been too many cases like this. And I one thing that really frustrates me is, like, I see arguments that's like, um, you know, her boyfriend had pulled a gun because they were being fired on and he's in the, his own home. And so he starts shooting um, and they're saying, well, he shouldn't have shot. But meanwhile, they're also promoting this kid, this little white boy who's driving across state lines to go, protect their nation and they're rooting him on and and uh setting up setting him up a go fund me um and so the double standard there and the hypocrisy uh I, I think my frustrations are definitely more towards those type of people not towards uh the the police uh, at you know in, in the entire system but things definitely have to start changing and they definitely got to change uh, some laws there like you were saying as far as uh, the no knock warrants and, and and other things like that
0: well and and more broadly the war on drugs has to end sure. this is so stupid if all of this was originally set up because of the war on drugs then you know this is ridiculous i watched yeah. uh is it drug not drugs inc but there's one of the newest netflix drug docuseries that i consume all of them okay uh, the latest one you know it's just so stupid when you see these grown men they're like yeah we're going to go in and we're going to take out that, you know, marijuana and they chop her in and they like put it all through a, you know, tree grinder or shredder or whatever. What's it called? The um, tree um, the thing that you throw the tree in and it like splits it all up. Yeah, I feel you, man. <laughs> we don't have the exact word that's going <laughs> to. Kill is me. A,
1: not like a grinder, like you said. I
0: don't think it's a grinder. I think that's an app for individuals to connect with same-sex couples. <laughs> <laughs> uh, continue. Um. Yeah, it's just so silly when they do that, and then you see all this. Uh, you see a plant destroyed, and like somebody's just like washed up for their season. You know, can't make a living. It's the whole thing is so stupid. Yes. And it doesn't, you know, allow Americans to exercise free will, it demonizes things that maybe if they were less demonized, there'd be less prevalent use in certain ways. Also, like the... A sawmill? No, not okay, exactly. i we'll keep
1: searching. Sorry, keep talking.
0: Tree, like... A tree saw? No. <laughs> I know what a tree saw is. <laughs> I also know what a seesaw is. Uh,
1: just a couple city boys here. To-
0: <laughs> Would like to go back to um, just the Breonna Taylor case overall real quick just please don't quote me on this particular episode because i'm scrolling through cnn right now and there's a a promoted story that says the police officer who fatally shot brianna taylor is crowdfunding money to retire i just had that up that's a that's a very terrible article name like that's very cnn it it just objectifies everybody in the situation because this could have been a spotless guy and he's not crowdfunding it could be somebody else crowdfunding on his behalf to help with legal fees, and they're putting this title on it. I don't know. Just I don't know enough about it to comment high level. I just know that the war on drugs should end. It's uh, tragic what happened to her. Um, you basically it was one of those collisions in life where if you'd been high overhead, uh, aerial view, and you see a precinct giving some otherwise innocent officers in this let's say it for this scenario, you see them giving the orders to go do a no-knock warrant on the wrong apartment. With no culprits inside and very innocent people, you know, a foot away, right? You just
1: it—it's tragic. And and so I will say it was uh, his family members that set up the page.
0: Okay. Yeah. Either way, I just wanted to demonstrate that I don't know what I'm talking about there. So, um, I don't know what's what's up next on your list.
1: Yeah, um, why don't we just get into the presidential debates, man?
0: Oh, you want to go there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't. Wanna, I feel like I don't want to end on it. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> like the world will. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. Okay, let's. What, what do we do here, Bren?
1: Um, overall thoughts. So,
0: <laughs> the president is a madman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yo,
1: dude. Uh, uh, on the one
0: hand, so. If we would recorded this podcast last night, I would have told you he just lost the presidency, hook, line, and sinker, because he was unhinged.
1: It, he was an a-hole. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm at a loss for words a little bit. Uh, him just constantly interrupt. Like, I they're already going to be changing the rules for the next debate because, uh, you know, they just. Uh, granted, Biden did a little bit too, so I'm not going to be completely biased here or anything because they were both interrupting each other. But Trump was definitely the <laughs> uh, the bully in the situation. It kind of felt like, um, and I can g- go a little bit deeper uh, in a little bit. But you were about to say,
0: no, I mean we can splice and dice this however we want. Let let's save the the next debate talk and what should happen for okay. a minute later. But. Um, Overall impressions, like, he came out of the gate just swinging, and I knew, I was like, oh, he's not medicated right today. He hasn't had enough Sudafed or whatever he does. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, he, somebody had made the point, I don't know if it was pre or post coverage, but that he was bearing the weight of all his anger towards the media and the establishment and all the people that have just mercilessly messed with him and that he has provoked you know, unendingly for the first three and a half years of his presidency. Um, if he's running on his statistical record and he never tweeted, never spoke, he'd be winning by 30 points. Um, his he interrupted Biden so provocatively that he he, cr- he did the cardinal sin mm-hmm. among Republican white men. What is the overall? vibe or tenet of republican white men's displeasure with aoc and the squad and you know the the far left what Uh, what's the number one thing uh social justice warriors
1: um you tell me
0: they're annoying okay they're, anno- they're annoying. They got that shrill voice, environmental justice and social justice. And we're not going to stop, you know, it's like there are certain men that already have a hard time being explained to by a woman. Right. We all know that, you know, they're going to discredit something or objectify her or whatever the case may be. Um, they, often it's why was Hillary shrill and annoying and like all these like more feminine adjectives almost like, yeah, but Trump was downright annoying yeah. last night where any sane, you know, the guy with his good old Bud Light on the rocking chair in rural Kentucky right now that he's mag till he's going to mm-hmm. die, you know, Trump 2020. Yeah. He's like, man, let the old man have a conversation. You know, no. like it was annoying.
1: Just shut up, man. It was
0: annoying. And I'm glad when, that when Joe I, said that. Yeah, when you- it, it, it's overshadowed and nobody is making as big a deal about this as they should but Biden delivered a solid knockout performance. He really did. He was dead on.
1: Yo, and he he began addressing you know the camera and the people watching. Oh, I, I thought that was he great. never missed a beat, dude. Yeah.
0: He even when he was being interrupted mercilessly, he stayed on topic for the most part. He never really had a real pronounced senior moment or gaffe. Yeah. He yeah. was able to cite in reference like legislation and bills and plans and he didn't miss a beat and he even landed the clown the shut up man Mm -hmm. and also was patient at the same time
1: dude i mean um him keeping his composure whenever his son was brought up um which one um well
0: man, that was, that was a low blow,
1: extremely low. And I'm talking about the one who's still alive, who, you know, had the drug problems. And, you know, he was like, you know, my son had a drug issue and he's good now. And we're really happy for that. And he kept it pushing, which I mean, you, what else could you do? Like, I mean, that's the best way to handle it, in my opinion. Um, You know, going into the debate, a lot of people who, you know, poke fun at Joe and everything, call him sleepy Joe, all that stuff, um, say that he can't, Make a coherent sentence. I think uh, we're sorely mistaken and definitely proved uh, wrong last night. So um, I was I was impressed in that regard. I will say I think Trump did win some of the arguments, um, but again, a lot of arguments weren't really had uh, due to you know talking over each other and uh, running out of time, and the moderator trying to bounce back and forth and make sure both people got in a, got in a word. So um, definitely interesting.
0: It was a, it was a bad look. It was, um, it was kind of embarrassing. Um, it was um, man,
1: eh,
0: he didn't need to do that. And he came across as like, I don't know, just
1: I mean, you you know me and where I stand and a lot of the stuff that I've kind of talked about on this podcast, especially regarding Trump. And so let's put all of that aside and what's going to be my number one issue with with him last night. You know,
0: Uh, I'm guessing probably the white supremacy. Yeah,
1: man, like T-ball could have so easily, you know, discredited them. Tell them to that, you know, that he's not about it um, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And then he told, uh, what is it? The fanboys. What, what are they called? The proud boys. Proud boys. Um, tells them to stand by. And, you know, uh, I don't know. That, that was really embarrassing. Um, and for me, you, you know, week by week, we kind of talk about. Uh, where we stand and stuff for me, that's, you you can talk about the economy and the jobs created, everything like that. Um, You can talk about the relations that, you know, he's building with other countries, but he's tearing down relationships here. And, and for me, that's just something that I can't personally stand for. Like if you have other, if you have other, Uh, reasons for voting for him that's that's cool that's on you and i won't argue against it but for me um that crosses the line by miles
0: yeah i think it's it's worth unpacking a little bit more because i have some i have some thoughts on this a little bit
1: and i'm open to and i'm open to hearing it
0: i mean um yeah did he miss one waist high over the plate yeah um And it's a growing theme that he has never been good at distancing himself from white supremacists or alt-right groups if they happen to be fervent supporters of his. And in the past, he has definitely said things like, yes, I disavow the KKK, the white supremacy, whatever, any any hateful group. Largely, whenever somebody asks you to make a point about something that maybe you're acquiescing to a little bit, they also throw in and Antifa and any left – They can't just let it be that. Yeah. It's like black lives matter and they're oh, all lives matter. And it's like,
1: I mean, and and Breonna Taylor was brought up last night and he immediately starts saying how much he loves cops. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm a fan of cops too, but that's not the heart of this topic. And uh, from a president, I would just be expecting more. Um,
0: Well, it's like he was insecure about the record that he had. uh, Like he's done all the things that he wanted to do like in a lot of ways on the business front, like tax cuts, more border wall, pulling out of the Paris climate accord, um, you know, deregulating a lot of different things, space force, uh, peace in the middle East, like, you know, all the different mm-hmm. two or three Supreme court picks. And it's like, that's not the part, like your base is about to show up rowdy, proud and loud. Your job is to go get the suburban housewife and the suburban dad and more of the, um you know um even affluent african-american market and more of the latino vote and all of these different factions of our society and it's like he felt like he had to double down on like you know america apple pie like Mm -hmm. guns like you know get that pc bullcrap out of here with that you know sexual was it racial harassment training racial uh racial sensitivity training where He felt like they characterized America as like bad, and he mm-hmm. wouldn't have it taught. And like he's just gone real right, and it a lot of it is just unnecessary. In that, you know, all he had to do was appeal in a more compelling way, a more uh, if he could create common ground, if he could identify with anybody, mm-hmm. uh, if he could see past himself in many ways, um, he could have made a lot more inroads and gained a lot more uh, points with any undecideds out there. Now, if you're undecided, I mean, the media likes to say that undecideds are stupid, you know, and I don't want to feel that way because I often feel undecided leading up to elections, honestly. And what I will tell you is that if we'd recorded this last night, I would have been like, oh, he just lost the presidency. Mm -hmm. Already 24 hours later, I like it's not top of mind for me anymore because Mm -hmm. I'm a busy individual. I know it's not going to be for most of America either. So I think that most people's minds were already made up as far as the white supremacy thing goes, I think part of the issue with him is that he does not want to recite your line from a media prompt. He does not want you to program his speech. So if you, because like, what is he supposed to say back to Chris Wallace? Like President Trump, do you denounce white supremacy? And uh, he also said, here's the part that doesn't make sense. He said, and militias aren't militias like totally constitutional? Like this country was founded on militias. Sure. So, you know, I think throwing and militias in there was confusing for me because if 50 guys want to get out and train with guns in the woods and like be all survivalist, I think they have that right in this country.
1: Yeah. I think it's more of the, and it probably, that probably could have been worded differently, but I feel like it's more of the antagonizing, like toting guns, um,
0: We all know the type of individual that's more likely to be in a militia. However, you know, that's something that like, I just don't, I don't get that part being thrown in. I almost feel like it was set up for him to fail where let's say he dissected it and he's like, I denounce white supremacists, but I don't denounce militias. Mm -hmm. Well, that would have been a whole catastrophe or whatever. Um, But he's, he does not want to have to say back, I denounce white supremacy, blah, blah, blah. But
1: that, that should not be. Well,
0: it gets me thinking. Because I maintain, I, I'm just so ridiculous like this. I think Trump is racist like most people are racist. I think that um, in a dark alley, he'd be more startled by two African-American gentlemen in wife beaters than two white guys in wife beaters. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like, that's a common form of racism in many ways um, or segmentation of danger. I, I don't know. It's it's part of the programming the nature and nurture or whatever occurs and my white listeners know exactly what i'm talking about sure um i think he's racist like that i don't think he's a legitimate white supremacist and that's got me thinking what type of data does he have access to that shows how many white supremacists oh, there must be so yeah i was kind Are of there 20 million of these people out there that he needs their vote see well seriously the- but what data does he have? Like, what is the bigger problem in this country that he can't ostracize? It's like,
1: yeah. And that's what I I was going to get into. Like, I wouldn't even argue if people said that uh, Donald Trump is not a racist. Like that's not my beef with it, but I, I definitely feels like he has to appeal to white supremacists. And to be honest, that's not, a country that I can be proud. Of. Like I don't want a leader that has to appeal to white supremacists in order to win the presidency. I think that's gross.
0: Yeah, you definitely don't. um And that there was no reason to lean into that faction, knowing that they would. Yeah, if you're white supremacist, you're definitely going to vote Trump in 2020. He needed the middle people, the moderates, because Joe took mm-hmm. a very central lane yep. and. All Trump kept pointing out was, oh, you just lost the far left. You just ra- lost the radical left. And in some ways, I I see Trump as like this master puppeteer manipulator where he's already th- he's just thinking about key demographics, clickbait, like he knows how to play this game. Mm-hmm. And Joe's approach
1: was much more earnest. Well, he even said he's like, you know, Trump wants to talk about my family and his family is like, we should be talking about your families. you know, talking to the camera, the American people. And uh, he, you know, he keeps uh, changing the subject and trying to talk about my family. Uh, He's not even concerned with your questions or wanting to stay on topic or anything like that, which I agreed with, uh, according to, you know, debate one. Debate two could be different. You know, we still got two more to go.
0: It's evident that he's still just so butthurt that the media is not singing his praises, given what he feels is a legendary set of accomplishments. And guys, this is not me being partisan or endorsing trump when i say this but he's amassed some serious stats yeah like while we've been griping and moaning he's putting up real numbers he's going to have almost three that 300 judges piece to conservatives and people that want to shape the future of this country that is the number one key yeah. because the senate and congress all the people that we send to washington they don't do their jobs mm-hmm. but they come back to their constituencies and they say look I voted for the judge that you would have had me vote for. And then they kick everything to the judges. And that's why all these pivotal decisions that could have been handled by new legislation with 2020 lens, you know, it always is kicked to the Supreme Court. Yeah, It's always kicked to these appellate courts and district circuit courts and blah, blah, blah. So the fact that like he actually brought this up in the the debate last night with Biden, which I thought was interesting, saying you and Obama left 128 openings on the judge panels Like, why would you ever do that? Like, I'm here to maximize the effect. And so he sees all of these open task, like, holes that he can plug, so to speak. And he's not going to leave. Like, he, he was talking about threading the needle either before the election or even after the election, before he's out of office, to get his justice confirmed through the Senate. Yeah. So he sees this as a totally numerical statistical game. And I'm sure from that perspective, he's dumbfounded. He's like, (laughs) you know, he thought that he could probably just get away with like the merit of the legislation or acts that he passed Mm -hmm. and that his bedside manner had nothing to do with it. And I would argue that the American president is all bedside manner. You know, that's if you're casting your vote for Joe Biden, you're casting your vote for bedside manner.
1: Sure. I would agree with that.
0: Not as much, although some of the points that he made around the ACA seem very valid, mm-hmm. especially um, with if COVID is a pre-existing condition. I feel like everybody has a different vibe on healthcare in certain ways.
1: Yeah, and uh, how did you feel about his, his stance? Did he give a pretty good stance on healthcare? I don't it it know. seemed it seemed like he didn't.
0: To be honest, like he's shown so much, he shines so much because he didn't mess up and yeah. because every. Every connection that he made, I was like, "That's it, Joe. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Joe." And I also felt—I honestly felt for him. Like I felt like uh, this has been an, an American statesman for so long, and he has had such a rough go of it with family. And regardless of smelling hair and whatever, I think he's a pretty decent human being. Yeah, I think so. I think we can all probably agree on that. Yeah. Um, and so uh, to see him just taking it like that, and I thought that the way that he would just laugh was so like he, it wasn't new to him. He's mm-hmm. like, Oh, this again. Yeah. And he was almost cracking up. And then he would just go straight back to the the camera and talk to the American people. And that was super effective. Sure.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway is that if you were a Trump supporter, you probably really enjoyed his antics last night. Um,
0: I, but- I think many of them didn't.
1: Well, I, so, maybe not the antics. Maybe, um, I think more of just like the talking over and, you know, not letting Joe get in a word. Um, he was, he was
0: rude. Yeah. He didn't play f- right by the rules. And, but,
1: but that's how, that's been Trump's whole thing.
0: No, there, there was, he was able to come to the Republican, uh, debates, which were stacked with so many people. And he had that, um, He had that big dude energy, as they say, that BDE. And uh, he was able to kind of like be more. He hadn't been hit by the media so hard. He was still a novelty. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe he had more walking around street cred and he did more counter punching. And in this scenario, he was just punching and punching and punching. And it felt inappropriate and just wrong. And Mm -hmm. um, uh.
1: so maybe. okay, let me rephrase. Maybe they didn't like his antics, but I feel like if you were a Trump supporter last night may not have swayed you one way or another. If you're a Biden supporter, you definitely weren't swayed. And if you're in the middle, you're probably still in the middle. Like I feel like last night's debate did not um, shift a lot of people's stances like on on where they are.
0: I I think it showed people in the center that might've been wavering. There's a lot of people out there that listen to Joe Rogan. Maybe they smoke a little bit of weed. They're fiscally conservative. They might hunt, but they also are pro-choice. Like they're this weird amalgamation of Mm -hmm. things. Um, And we've been listening to Joe Rogan to say, you know, he's so, you know, unfit, he's got dementia, blah, blah, blah. And based on the gaff reels and all this different stuff that you can, you know, see, it does appear that way. But last night what he showed is there is a completely sane, viable option to go with. And that is Joe Biden. Like, It was not a decrepit old man up there. No. He was pumped full of Sudafed, Al Five, Mm -hmm. Adderall,
1: Creatine.
0: He was good to go. And I was proud of him. I was glad to see that because I didn't w I honestly didn't even want to see the the opposite in many ways. Like I thought that Trump was going to come out, lampoon him, and you know, one of the strategies that I heard that Trump should have done is allow Biden to talk himself into one of those senior moments. You would think give it a moment.
1: You would think so. And that he didn't. Right.
0: He interrupted him so much that, you know, Biden could never back himself into a uh, rhetorical uh, corner but verbally.
1: I, I personally feel like Trump's ego is too big to not uh, interject and cut in whenever somebody's disproving or discrediting um, everything that he's said. Like, I don't think he has the willpower in him to shut up.
0: Yeah. They completely glossed over. Let, let me circle back to the white supremacy thing real sure. quick. I feel like there's probably some undone, some, some loose ends there that I, I need okay. to tie up. It was dumb of him. Um, I see a pattern with him not, he'll never take the all-in pledge mm-hmm. or ostrich like he'll never wedge himself into a definitive decision. Like yeah. when they said, will you commit to not running third party if you're not the Republican nominee in the Republican convention and all that, he was the only person that did not raise his hand. Yeah out of 17 people or 21 people or whatever. So he does not like to put himself into a, um, over a line in the sand that can't be crossed. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty obvious that he's not willing to ostracize supporters regardless of their ideology in many ways.
1: Yeah. Um, so in the same conversation where he did not denounce white supremacy, he also said, um, the extremist violence is not a right wing issue. Um,
0: it's it's a right wing issue. Yeah, it's also a left wing issue. Sure.
1: And I, I would agree with that. I But it's again, any- I feel like that's easily like you. You can easily say that. Yes, there is violence there. But then you can also look at these peaceful protests turned into rioting, and there's writing on that. Like,
0: well, in Portland, it's like 100 nights straight when peaceful protests turn into riots. And it's yeah. like, come on. Um, Biden gained a lot of points by saying, "I believe in law and order. Mm-hmm. I support police. there are bad apples. Yeah. we should prosecute them. and, and we' even should-
1: talked about uh, de- like looking into defunding them, but still like supporting it, like basically just changing the system setup, not completely getting rid of police like people are fearful of, um, but just changing the system and making it uh, fit 2020 better and you know trying to get all these police brutality br- police brutality wow police brutality is under control
0: yeah um the other thing going back to trump's white supremacy thing he did mockingly almost whenever they were asking for this you know resolute statement which he's made in the past you know this is i I don't this is hard because it's like we don't make you recite core tenets you know, we don't, you don't have to show up to the debate and say, I am a man, I am an American man. You know, like you don't have to reiterate core tenants unless I guess they've been problem areas for you and they have been for him. He did not reiterate their statement as desired. And then he mockingly kind of said, proud boys stand by or stand back and stand by. And it was obvious to me that he did not know when he started that sentence, how he was going to finish that sentence and how it ended. It was like, well, whoa, Because my biggest takeaway, there's something much larger to me that plays off of this, but the white supremacy thing was not the biggest deal to me.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Not that I'm deprioritizing that. But in terms of physical safety and bloodshed in the street, the scariest thing to me was him saying, Trump supporters, stake out your local polling location and make sure that you know who's voting. Right. That is horrifying especially on the heels of proud boys standby or whenever that happens. well
1: and i also just want to throw in as far as the proud boys go there was a celebration all over social media from the proud boys uh groups online like celebrating trump saying or trump not being able to denounce white supremacy so that's also an issue maybe that you can even say that wasn't his intention but that goes back to me talking about trump's words inciting violence and racism and all this like Maybe he doesn't mean that, but that doesn't mean there's not an effect happening uh, from his words. Anyway, back to you, back to the voting booth.
0: We should do more research on the proud boys too, because I feel like they started more innocently than they are portrayed or they did. Represented it, it, was, uh,
1: it was like a satire group at first, but then yeah. it turned into something bigger.
0: Well, it was, it was founded by the vice co-founder, Gavin McGinnis, who's yeah. been on Rogan multiple times. And I don't think he's invited back now. I think he's been banned from multiple platforms. Mm. But, um, yeah, uh, do some more research on them. They were sure. started as something else, and then yep. it got out of hand and out of the co-founder's hand, uh, Gavin McGinnis' hands. However, you know, approach Gavin McGinnis with caution because I think that he has some other incendiary items and mm-hmm. is probably just too over the top to begin with. I don't know enough about his ideology to comment one way or the other. but
1: um, Yeah, God. and well – the only thing that i want to say like if you are somebody who might be a fan of the proud boys or anything like that and if you if you know who they are but you disagree with black lives matter and that movement i feel like there might be some hypocrisy there just because you know you can look at both groups and maybe their beginning intentions and then you can look at how um it's progressed and brought out like a lot of radical people, both left and right wingers. Um, I just think that's also something worth looking into, but I'll, I'll definitely do some more research on the proud boys and uh, can come back next week and we can talk a little bit more about that.
0: But directly instructing uh, followers to stake out polling locations leads to intimidation tactics. Um, I don't like it. I picture, I picture some of the hillbilly faction of the support group, Mm -hmm. which you know, the support group goes from Main Street to Wall Street. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. It's, there's refined people that vote for Trump in secret. Um, but the hillbilly faction do get concerned that the one Hispanic gentleman in town or the one African-American gentleman in town, or you know, you don't look like you're from around here. Mm-hmm. If that kind of thing ever happens in November, that's just not – <laughs> yeah. that should not be happening. Correct. And like, the fact that we're even saying this is ridiculous –
1: Yep. And that's where I stand.
0: (laughs) So really bad night for Trump in many ways. Um, I think he'll retain the base. I think that he'd lost some independence. Um, And I think that more than anything, his being such an over-the-top a-hole coupled with Biden's just utter competence in the debate, Mm -hmm. just he he stood toe to toe. He'd even asked for breaks at the half hour, every half hour and Trump had denied it. And they said that they're going to go on to the next two debates. Yep. However, I am all for kill switch on these
1: mics. Yes. Um, okay. So I have a quote from the Commission on Presidential Debates. Um, it's an independent, nonpartisan group that has uh, sponsored the debate since 1988. Um, and so they sent out a response this morning saying that they are considering changes to the format before the next matchup. The Commission on Presidential Debates sponsors uh, televised debates for the benefit of the American electorate. Uh, last night's debate made clear that additional structure should be added to the format of the remaining debates to ensure a more orderly discussion of the issues. The CPD will be carefully considering the changes that it will adopt and will announce those measures shortly. The commission is grateful to Chris Wallace for the professionalism and skill he brought to last night's debate and intends to ensure that additional tools to maintain order are in place for the remaining debates. I feel bad that he took such such flack like Chris Wallace. Yeah. I saw he's a, one of the good guys. I saw a post that said he got treated like a substitute teacher.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely felt for him as well. And uh, Trump's comment like, well, I guess I'm debating you then. It's like your two minutes are up, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, yeah. It wasn't holy Trump. I, I think there was definitely some squabbling. I think Joe just came out. um better in the arguments
0: i would agree you'd have to agree yeah i think trump still could win um i think that i've been pretty forceful in my prediction up until this point that he would and uh, i think that there's a pretty distinct path for for biden to take the presidency Mm -hmm. Um, at this time i think it's i mean he's seven points up in in most of the polls and a lot of the I know that polls aren't everything. There's a margin of error. However, when you compare like the same polls at this time with uh, uh, Hillary versus Trump, uh, Bush versus or whoever McCain, Romney versus Obama, McCain versus Obama, like he's points and points better at this juncture than they were. Yeah.
1: Um, And then I guess the final thing that I want to bring up about Trump, which I, I think if you have any information on it, you could shed some light uh, and a new perspective on it. But uh, Trump's taxes or his tax return, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I'm not super well-versed in it, and I'm sure a lot of people could come up with reasons why. Um, if those statements are true about him only paying uh, $750 and then um, you know his reasoning being that like he lost more money for, uh, out of the 10 out of the 15 years, and that's why he didn't pay anything. Um, I didn't know if you had anything to shed on that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And this is something that I would refer you to, um, again, Crystal and Sagar um, on Rising the Hill, just YouTube it. Um, They speak on this in length, and they both acknowledge, which I will acknowledge too, it's on its face disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um, However, you know, he paid a lot of money in state income tax. Mm -hmm. and in sales tax. I I know this is going to sound silly, but the eight and a quarter percent that you spend on gum or chocolate milk or whatever we're running around buying, Mm -hmm. you know, he's buying jets and stuff. So it's (laughs) like you can rack up a bill. So his total, you know, tax footprint is more than you and I contributed to the pot, even without paying federal income tax. Second of all, The same establishment and Biden and his cronies and all of the people in Washington that wrote the tax code in the way that they did with deductions and loopholes and depreciation and all of this. This is not uncommon. Yeah. This is not relegated just to Trump. This is relegated to everybody that has any amount of money. Mm -hmm. You put a team of accountants on, you know, show me my creative deductions. You know, listen, sorry. You know, that's the way the system is set up. He explicitly told you that from the beginning. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, he said, I've donated to all these guys. I've written those assets off. I mean, his charity seemed to be largely a fraud and it's all a shell game. It's a way to move money around. You know, he gifts Jared Navanka money and he can write that off and it just goes tax free to them. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to creatively do this. Um So he's taking advantage of a system that pretty much every single person in his class is taking advantage of. And I think that being in real estate in the way that he is, um, he can shelter or disguise money in a more, you know, surreptitious way than Mm -hmm. the next guy in some ways.
1: Yeah. And I guess for for me, like I, I agree with all of that and like finding the loopholes, who's not going to want to find loopholes where you don't have to pay a lot of money. Um, I, I guess my issue lies with the fact that, you know, we're 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 telling a lot of people that are jobless to go out and get jobs, and you know, so they work minimum wage, and they don't have the resources to be able to do this shell game and save all this money. So it's, you know, classic rich get richer, poor get poorer. Um,
0: Well, but Brad, like, let's talk about that. Like, if you're just sitting at home and it's like, oh, I should get a job. Like, well, what kind of job can I get? A minimum wage job? Like, who are you? Yeah, are you afflicted? Like, what's going on? Are you in? college are you in high school are you just a full-grown man with two and a half dependents like Mm -hmm. who are we talking about here Uh, there are paths to better jobs than minimum wage so like casting this spell that like the whole country is just these minimum wage you know Mm serfs is not the case
1: yeah but i feel like the fact that we have to we have a system where we're setting up these loopholes to begin with I,
0: i you know who gets to take advantage of the loopholes is the the givers Mm -hmm. you know these people that just grow up and they like go to college and they're like where's the job that you promised me like okay here's the job so I do this from nine to five and you give me this okay cool I'm sick today huh like there's no personal responsibility like much love to my employed brethren I'm employed Mm -hmm. I'm also a an equity stake person in in my company and have been for the last couple of years and it's one of those things where if you never paid a dollar in federal income tax, but you created 300 full-time jobs and 300 people as primary breadwinners were able to take full-time living salary home and support two and three dependents and put them through high school and college and put them on a firm path, that person's footprint on the world and where the world is going is ginormous. And it's so much bigger. The, the vehicle that you built to afford other people the level of saying, so I just come in every day and you guarantee me this money. Like I don't have to think about the market changing. Mm -hmm. I don't have to think about, you know, are we going to have money for payroll if we have a bad month next month? Like none of that is my responsibility. Like you've just already set up the apparatus for me to swing on the monkey bars. And I didn't have to build any of it myself. Mm -hmm. No concrete was laid by me. I'm just checking in people at the hotel that he leveraged his name fortune track record connections on like you see where i'm going with this sure so i think that it's i think it's totally um i i think it's fine I, given the, the i just scenario. think there are, i
1: think there are hard-working people who aren't even making like who are making more than minimum wage but they're still having to pay a lot of taxes and like Because of their salary, it is making a bigger difference in their lives. Like, not people that are just fishing for money and just like hoping to, you know, sit on their couch and get a paycheck. I, I just feel like uh, the system is a little broken in that. um, A hundred percent. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. is broken. It's been broken. Right. And so that's the only point that I'm trying to make. I'm, I'm not trying to say, you know people shouldn't be going out or, or that it's not that it's impossible to get to a higher standard and get a paycheck where you can be doing the same things that a lot of these big wigs are doing. Um, I, I the only point I'm trying to make is that it's kind of messed up to begin with is, I guess
0: on its face, it appears that way a hundred percent, you know, but what about all the assets under management that he leverages to make payroll, on this loan for all these full-time employees that are sending kids to college. Like that point remains. I think he's not a great example in that he inherited a good chunk of money mm-hmm. to get a start. And he inherited somewhat of a legacy and a Rolodex, which, you know, the parents do that. I got my yeah. first job out of school because of my dad. Mm-hmm. I'm poster penny loafer for white kid. I'm sorry. That's my journey. Sure. And I've since bridged off from that and tried to do it my own way and made my own mistakes. And, but I don't want to live in a country Where I don't think that one day, maybe, maybe, just maybe, I could get filthy rich and the rich keep on getting richer, you know?
1: And and I wholeheartedly agree with that. I just, like, whenever you talk about, uh, you know, a lot of the people who are doing the loopholes and everything are also givers. Like, I don't know if good deeds necessarily uh, should allow you to blur the lines as far as the law goes, though. I'm just
0: saying, like... The person that paid you know, $8,000 in federal income taxes last year and they're pissed off at Trump, it's like, yeah, but how many people did he pay all year so that they could pay taxes?
1: But that has nothing to do with the person that paid $8,000. Like That person is still screwed. That person needs to
0: make a change in their life if they feel so strongly about it. I'm saying that by there's certain advantages when you create when you equip others with the tools out of the box needed to make a living, Uh, making a living, this is, we've never been at this point, you know, always before you had to ride your horse faster or dodge, you know, arrow faster Mm -hmm. or whatever. It was dog eat dog world, warring crusades, the fit, you know, kill the less fit, you know, it was raping and pillaging. Sure. So, now we have this amazing wuss society where it's like, if I go to school, I'll get a job, and I'll draw pretty pictures, and they're going to pay me. I love that we live in that country. Mm-hmm. You get to do that. You, you get to contribute just like the rest of these people. When Trump pays $30 million in state income tax and then avoids the federal bill due to you know loopholes, deductions, depreciation, whatever, and you're mad about it, it's like, well, he still paid more, and he also built a company where he's got 300 of you. Like, and again, I don't like using him as the example because he is a a butthole. Like we (laughs) get it on the heels of that debate. Screw that guy. I get it. However, one of the things I've made a point about on this show that again goes unheralded. Nobody in the media talks about this. He doesn't take a single dime from the, the treasury for a paycheck. He repurposes every single paycheck that he gets and he donates it to a different department and then talks about why. Yeah. He highlights them and says he has not taken a single paycheck from the U.S. government as president. Barack cashed every single one, mm-hmm. as he should have, as was within his right. However, when you. The stuff with uh, Biden's son and Burisma and the Russian oligarch and the payments, all that stuff is pretty factual. Yeah. So. No, I know. The fact that that was glossed over was lucky for him. And Trump. Trump butchered all of that. He yeah. could have done that in a more effective way, but he used it to interrupt. And then the gaffe with his other son was Another tea ball, bro. just um, gut wrenching. And yeah. Biden didn't deserve that. And it was very uncaring given Trump has had immediate family members with substance abuse problems. And you would have thought it seemed out of character because there's certain things that he doesn't hit on. Mm-hmm. There's certain good qualities about him. Like he doesn't drink or do drugs. Yeah. People never talk about that because sure. <laughs> it seems like he does. Yeah. Um, but he never takes a paycheck. So it's like we're all mad at him for not paying any federal income tax. Mm-hmm. well, from from his u s government paycheck, he hasn't gotten paid, you yeah. know?
1: right? I, well, yeah, there's the good and bad. Players. Sure. And again, I like I said, I brought it up because I knew you could shed some more light on it. and I'm not saying I disagree with you. I just wanted all I, the money he's got wanted to pull on that string and just unravel it a bit.
0: All the money he's gotten has been from inheritance, self promotion, real estate deals, licensing. You know, he's made it through, you know, Trump University aside, all of this stuff. He's made it through legitimate market, you know, product in market things. Mm -hmm. It's concerning when you look at some of the Democrat establishment and you see like, oh, so Joe Biden's been on the federal tee for 47 years. And somehow his net worth is now this amount. (laughs) Now, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. He didn't create anything made out of rubber. He, the only intellectual property that he profited off of is likely book deals and different things like that. But how did this happen?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so it's all, it's all bloody. It's all messy. Right.
1: There was and another, I hate that.
0: there was another point I was going to make about that and okay. I can't remember. Oh. Crystal and cigar. Definitely watch them on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. <sighs> Shoot.
1: No. And I, I appreciate you sharing all that.
0: State income tax, federal income tax. He's not the monster that. Domating. Oh, the other thing—the other thing that's hilarious is that, you know, the New York Times appreciate what they're doing, but they also have some of the biggest SJWs in the world over there, just going nuts all the time, and they need to chill out. That poor, in some ways, poor Trump, because he was so mad about the impeachment. He even brought it up last night. He's like, "This mm-hmm. fake impeachment." Like when they said, "Why should you be president?" And he's like, "Look at what I've done," despite having to field. You know, bullets from every single side, up and down, sideways from yeah. everybody. Imagine doing all of that and still producing this record. Um, he was. I just lost it again.
1: <laughs> <gasps> you were saying, poor Trump. You um, felt for. Oh,
0: him. so the whole Russia hoax, impeachment, all of that.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it was always. The New York Times and and the left saying, once we get his tax returns, we'll find the smoking gun, and we'll find out how much and, you know, how much uh, ties and entanglements he has with um, Jada Pinkett Smith and Russia and all of that uh, <laughs> entanglements. Um, I like it. So, in the New York Times expose where they expose, however, they got these tax documents through whatever nefarious means. They also noted that all of their allegations. From the impeachment and the Russia hoax. They they did it with like a one-sentence call out where it was like all of that is basically unfounded, mm-hmm. and these tax documents show that none of that was happening or could have happened. And it just it just backs up my original point. He's four hundred and twenty million dollars in debt. He does have valuable assets, he's just a big mouth goofball yeah. with
1: that, a, yeah, it's enough almost, walking around it, money to turn your almost, head. It's almost worse. Than if he had been doing all that, because
0: are you kidding me? It's still inspirational AF. I don't want to live in a country where a con man can't go all the way to the top. Like what a true American story. This dude, nah. no, no, no. I'm not rolling. with L- that. Listen to me. He is exact. We all thought, Oh, he's, he's too smart. He's connected with Russia. He's got this mastermind stuff. What did I always say? He's not smart enough to play that game. He didn't have enough time to play that game. And what, what came out with these, tax returns that the new york times and everybody else tried to smear him that it was kicked off by the obama you know administration in many ways and Mm -hmm. some of the fake dossier stuff and the unmasking and the vendetta that they had against this incoming administration that was kicked off all of this stuff was unsubstantiated you know they had that russian plant that went in the trump tower nothing ended up occurring but it was like you know, something that they try to make a big deal out of. Yeah. And once the proof comes out and, you know, the proof in the pudding and they get the tax returns and then they don't even do a retraction or anything. It's just like a one sentence call out like, yeah, we were wrong about all that. Nothing to see here, actually.
1: OK, yeah, it, it's just
0: a normal loudmouth billionaire that's leveraged with a bunch of debt. Um, you know, he's not the biggest billionaire in the world, but he is a billionaire. He's got money. You know, so even if he's 420 million in debt, don't get it twisted. He, you know, he's still crapping on a golden toilet tonight. Sure. I agree. I'm, I'm saying that there wasn't, this isn't, he is not a part of a criminal mastermind network. He doesn't have all of these connections. He's literally a good old boy from the big apple with a big mouth and outdated perspective that sticks to the true tenets of like free market capitalism and some of the winning things that will maybe get him reelected, and like when he speaks, he tr- that's truly him. he's not. I feel like we have this oh, Manchurian know. Candidate s- syndrome with him, where you know it, it's worse than what it looks, and often it's like no, he's just mouthing off, and he says the wrong thing. He's uncouth. He's an a hole, and it just it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I know that what I'm saying probably sounds terrible or controversial or contrarian. I'm I'm
1: sure a lot of people agree with you.
0: I'm just saying that to see the first person with no political experience just, you know, mouth their way to the top, it shows me I'm not mad at that person. I'm cracked up for them exposing what a BS game we're playing with ourselves here.
1: Right. And so, again, like that's not inspirational to me. That's disheartening to me.
0: Anybody that charges ahead and peels back the veil a little bit and further shows us that the thin veil that, you know, guards society from devolving Mm -hmm. into just brute force animals, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's a terrible man and he's an inspirational man at the same time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I hear you.
0: I mean, in some ways, this is such a terrible analogy, but in some ways. He is the verbal um, David Goggins in terms of like not giving up. Like if you keep spouting a message, and the message could be wrong. I'm not mm-hmm. vouching for all aspects of the message, but man, th- this just goes back to uh, it's like the people that say like, "Oh, well, oh, I shouldn't even go here." Never mind. Go there. Mm-mm. No. 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 We've just evolved into a society where if somebody said oh, Hitler was smart, they'd be crucified. But do do you think Hitler was dumb? No. (laughs) Do you think he could do all the crazy like, how do you get a frog to boil itself? You progressively boil it. You don't throw him into boiling water, he's going to jump out. Hitler and even Trump in certain ways, I'm not meaning to liken them, but anybody that can bring somebody from a certain viewpoint gradually over to this new norm or this new uh, threshold or you know, ground level. Um, it, it's not for complete, you know, dumbiness.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what I'm just saying. Recognize your foe. It's the same reason why I recognize AOC on the other side. Annoying as I may find her, I think she's an effective, freaking person.
1: Yeah, and I, and she's
0: a good promoter. She knows social. She knows how to get airwaves. She's got like 30 million followers. Yeah, three years out of the gate.
1: She's trending on Twitter for wearing uh, Timberlands. Timberlands. I thought that was Ooh. Kamala.
0: Oh, was it? Kamala was the one that was wearing uh, Timberlands. Okay, well, and people okay. had an uproar about that. I don't know why. I
1: don't know either. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess I guess my point is like Trump is smart in how he kind of barrels through and and does all that and doesn't give a crap. And uh, yeah, I I totally agree that if- that. That shows that anybody can do it. I agree.
0: If you were reading a a book in a vacuum about an underdog hero that, you know, if if it was written from their perspective and you were in their mind, if you were in their consciousness and seeing out of their two eyeballs and you see this adversity and you're like, I'm going to stick to my message. I believe in this. And you're faced with foes on left, right, up and down, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you create a hero in that scenario where. Again, if you read Trump's story of going from where he started to the presidency at the age that he did and after all the different things that he's tried, because on the one hand, it's like, oh, he stiffed all these contractors and he has all these failed businesses and all these different things. I could write you a story about a dreaming young man that graduated top of his class at Wharton mm-hmm. and took a loan from his father and made the big move from you know uh, Brooklyn to, or Queens to Manhattan and mm-hmm. did what his father always wanted to do. And after he'd climbed that mountain, he started to scale societal rungs and was donating and involved at the fundraisers and seen with beautiful women and always on page six. And then he goes and makes a bigger business and then he becomes a reality star. And he tries a university and tries to license to stakes and ties and tries his hand at all of these different things and find successes, some of them. If you're reading the story in a vacuum, you're reading every entrepreneur's story. Sure. You're reading like every everybody that swings and misses a pitch, but sometimes hits it out of the out of the park. And I'm just saying that if you saw it from that perspective, you could sell the inspiration story. And oh,
1: yeah. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, yeah, I don't have any arguments against that. I think for me, like, uh, you know, as a literature teacher, uh, I think you know uh an antagonist with a complicated background and you know who who, it's all it's it's a gray area not everything is black and white and you know they are compelling and uh there are some parts where you do agree with them like that makes for a great story but not being in a vacuum and just looking at everything I, i don't know i i personally don't find inspiration in that but i i On the other hand, I do agree with what you're saying in that, like, well, that shows that, you know, anybody can rise to the top and, you know, you, you probably can find inspiration in that. So I won't
0: argue with you there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm probably, I look at things in a very different way sometimes and I, I see, which I appreciate. I see both things or many things, like not everything is mutually exclusive, um, and there's many, many problems that he embodies and represents and blah, blah, blah. I get mm-hmm. that. Um, I also just think it's crazy. Like going into the last election season, I was so convinced that Hillary Clinton just had it in the bag. Like yeah. it just I, – I thought this isn't real. Like voter <sighs> fraud, you know, like this is programmed. They don't actually let us pick president. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they go with the decision that you would think. And so when he won, I was just so in shock and – I I will say that from a media perspective, always having been in tune with the media and enjoying that and wanting to be a part of it, I was always flabbergasted by the stamina Trump had to be on TV 12, 13 hours a day. Mm -hmm. I was just, he outworked every single candidate. And from that perspective, I was just like, wow. So I can have no talent or not come from where I need to come from or be a part of the political elite or whatever. And if I work hard and put my mind to something, and sun up to sundown every day, seven days a week, do it. I might get good at it and excel at it. Like I look for inspiration in messed up places, I guess. <laughs>
1: no, and from that, like your train of thought there, I agree with. I get it. Like but that's, so, I'm not.
0: That's how they boggled this so much. Like the people that, if you hadn't made him such a demon, if you hadn't criticized every single little thing, then when things are really messed up, mm-hmm. we can create a hierarchy and levels of distinction between his boo-boos and what's, Oh, this was not coolly said, or this was like a racist comment. You know, yeah. like there is no distinction between any of his faux pas or anything that occurs. And me thinks that the boy cried wolf too many times, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you also like anytime you ostracize something too much or demonize something too much, it's like drugs. Again, you make it, you make it desirable to people like you, you further entrench his supporters with him when you say nothing but stupid negative things about him all day, every day for three and a half years.
1: Yeah. And I agree with that. And, um, another reason why, you know, on this podcast, whenever we talk about this, like I don't typically have too much to say. I feel like you're more well versed in it. And so I try to glean some stuff off of you. And, uh, I'll say that I have from this conversation as well um i yeah and just going back to the very beginning of the argument whenever we were talking just about how the debates went i think just some of the stances that he has for me um is gonna turn me from not voting for him like i, I still you were understand- never gonna vote for him okay
0: i think that everybody's made up their mind for the most part there might be 10 percent And you went into that debate knowing who you were going to vote for. And you came out with your viewpoint supported.
1: Yeah. I would agree.
0: I think a lot of people went into the debate last night knowing who they were going to vote for. And they came away disappointed. Yeah. I think on his side. I think people that know that they're going to pull that R on November 3rd um, were like, man, he makes this so hard for us to do. (laughs) You know, it's just one of those. I don't know. Again, because Biden just did not, Biden did not um, roll over and let the middle go to Trump. You know, he was like, "Hey, I am here. I am a super viable option. I am calm. I am meditated. I am articulate. I am ready to go." Yeah, dude, have you been using the Sam Harris app that we talked about? Yes. A couple of they, uh, yep. they must have increased what's what's uh, in the free tier or something because okay. there's like. I, I told you that there was maybe eight mo- six modules that yeah, were available yeah. for... Yeah, I've done four. There's like 20 or more. Mm-hmm. They, oh, I didn't notice that. Either, either I subscribed time. and don't realize it yet <laughs> or he increased the offerings on the free tier significantly.
1: All this to say, like you bring him up. I was just following oh, up just a
0: couple episodes ago. We talked yeah. about a recommendation for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you have it? I
1: definitely recommend it. Yeah, I um, I so I have a free period uh, my second... Uh, I have the second class period of the day off, and so I'll get in my office and um, and I've been doing it. It's nice.
0: Well, good. Yeah.
1: So I appreciate the recommendation.
0: Yeah, buddy. Happy International Podcast Day, by the way. Ooh. I saw that it was, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get on the show Twitter immediately. I saw an opportunistic like anchor tweet to quote uh-huh. tweet, and then they liked it, commented. Nice. So you know, killing the game, trying to drive that algorithm, baby.
1: I love it. Yeah, um, we're getting paid, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Daddy Dean is. Where are you gonna spend your seventy nine dollars,
1: bro? Amazon, bro. We're getting some better, getting some better stuff.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know how you
0: want to treat the rest of this. I think we should get out of here in the next fifteen. Sure, but um,
1: uh, and I I just want to say, you know, coming out of that, like, I appreciate you discussing with me. Like, I know we may not stand you know in agreement on a lot of those things but i do take what you have to say and i do take that to heart um i know we say like i went into that debate already knowing who i'm going to vote for and everything um that doesn't mean that i am not the you know that i'm not open to other people's perspectives or anything like that and i hold yours in high regard and um you definitely bring some valuable points to the table
0: Well, I hope that the average podcast listener and especially, you know, any of our our black friends or other minority groups that might have felt marginalized at any point. I hope that they don't take my comments about some of the white supremacy stuff as um, not addressing the root evil or topic, because Mm -hmm. please know if you know me, it's a foregone conclusion that like white supremacy, not good, yeah, (laughs) bad. I hope that it dies out. Mm -hmm. I think I've said, I think we have several generations to go. We need, we need more people between us and some of the negative roots of this country. Sure. Um, that was two, three people ago.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's a foregone conclusion. I enjoy the opportunity to be able to comment on something that is a layer deeper where it's like, what data does he have? Like how many of these people are there that this is a group that you're willing to do this for. Yeah you know and i think in some ways trump is not a moral in that he's racist trump is a moral in that he
1: will he will exploit
0: that those data statistics like he will he will cover for allies that will vote for him that he wouldn't even agree with in his personal life like that's how almost a moral and willing to win he is but if you Again, man, if you're one of those evangelicals that think that he's Cyrus and that he's doing God's will and that he's about to get a third Supreme Court pick yes. and mold the future of the court and the country, you would think, well, he needs to do anything to mm-hmm. to win for the Lord. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like there is that narrative. Yeah. You know, scary. people that I probably grew up with have embodied that narrative. Oh,
1: I got Facebook friends. You'll know, have trippy
0: is that when this girl I know, um, this girl I know had a birthday recently and decided to update her temporary profile picture. Um, and it was like a, one of those gifs, mm-hmm. and she w- had a MAGA hat on and was like saluting with it. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> I was like, do you not care about f- your Facebook <laughs> presence at all?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Crazy.
0: I was like, you have balls. Yeah. Like, no, what?
1: I, have, I have a couple, I have a couple as well. It's like, and then, yeah, I see the comments too. Like I see your high school friends, you know, <laughs> going at it and, and disagreeing and, you know, unfriending.
0: <laughs> I love the people <laughs> like, like, if you're going to vote for Trump, unfollow me now. And yeah. it's like, hey, actually just shut up and go create something of substance for your peers. Yeah.
1: Or, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, make compelling arguments and 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 convince start a them. podcast, write a medium yeah.
0: blog, you know, do an Instagram reel, create something Manifest your thoughts and ideas and put them out there. Do you see the um who is the CEO that got there's been multiple CEOs that have gotten in trouble? Um one of them uh was talking about if you haven't definitively made it, like don't even think about politics or any too. social justice like
1: Yeah, because you can't you can't do much. Like yeah. what's the point? Who was that CEO that did that? I don't know. It's one of the people that Heston told me to follow.
0: CEO that um wow, the top Google searches. CEO that have resigned recently, CEO that was dismembered in New York, oh. CEO that got killed. Wow. I don't even know where to start. Um did you see the Wells Fargo CEO where he talked about he was like you you guys are all about diversity and inclusion, but he's like do you see these recruiting numbers? We don't have any diversity to recruit from. And then people got all on his case and he had to backtrack it. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a Hot. It was just a hot topic that he shouldn't have touched in many ways because, I'll tell you, like I know that at certain tech firms that try to recruit, they'll complain like, "Hey, we're trying to have a fifty percent female quota, but eighty-five percent of the qualified candidates
1: were male." Yeah, Um, I got the guy. Who is it? Nick Huber. Over which company? Uh, Sweaty Startup. That's or his. I don't know his. uh, His at is Sweaty Startup.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that wasn't as uh, prominent. That was more of a... I did see that thread, though, because you and Heston were on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, He he
1: says, a hill I'll die on. All people who haven't made it yet should focus on themselves and their own life and not political or societal issues. Far too many people put far too much energy towards things they cannot change. Um, And then he received a lot of backlash for it, and he ended up, quote, tweeting his own tweet saying... This was a tone-deaf, privileged, and sensitive narrative. I clearly have some work to do on my entitlement, ego, morals, and worldview. Thank you for the 30-plus DMs aimed at helping me see the other side of this. I'm learning every day. That was a genuine yeah.
0: situation. Yeah, let's just abandon that Wells Fargo conversation because... Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that could just be another hour is what I'm thinking, and yeah. our podcast studio alarm goes off in 10 minutes. Oh, nice let's let's wrap this episode what what shout outs do you have from our first year of podcasting
1: oh man uh, do you already have some in mind I want to I want to shout out our parents who have all been faithful listeners sticking with us and uh,
0: our top social media
1: engagers at this point <laughs> honestly so you know uh, definitely definitely shout out them all the f- all the friends and fam who continually help us grow and um, definitely want to give you a thank you for, you know, I remember that night I had stayed the night at your house. We woke up the next day and you just pulled up this website that you found and you pressed record and the rest has been history. And a year later, um, you know, we're sitting here, uh, arguing politics and, and, uh, you know, uh, it, I don't know. It means a lot to me. To I could, a year I of putting our foot in our mouths. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah and i don't know i i feel like we're going to keep elevating this show and we have some things in the works i'm i have a little something that i'm trying to do that i haven't even mentioned to you yet that i'm going to keep secret until until it's complete um but yeah we're just we're, i i'm really excited to see uh, where we're at a year from now
0: me too and i just want to shout out all the tots thanks for um not getting offended and just keep coming back every week and kind of keeping this narrative with us and checking in on us after we deleted our episode last (laughs) week. And we even gained listeners that came in off that show as their first show. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got shout outs to pastor Nicole and my old friend Peyton campus. She's a first time listener and she's just been (laughs) devouring us. And she's like, Oh, I didn't know other millennials were like, you know, so in tune with stuff. She's like, it, my Facebook feed is just crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I was like, ours is too. <laughs> I love it.
1: Um, I love all the inside jokes that have, you know, come from this. And, um, I don't know, like there, this podcast brings a lot of value to me, not just us in here talking, but the after effects of, you know, gain, you know, hearing from other people and what they thought of it. And, um, I don't know, man, it means a lot
0: becoming a little community guys yeah
1: we should get t-shirts
0: yeah swag merch yeah. that's in the way uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> pretty soon get your leopard print <laughs> weekly catch-up podcast thongs <laughs> yeah
1: get some assless chaps
0: we got banana hammocks for the boys
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're man. like meet
0: us in the closet
1: you <laughs> get, get some bikinis me on the left you on the right
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man we were on the beach in uh, South Carolina recently, and my dad was like, hey, somebody's wearing Trump flip-flops. They're making imprints. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he, he shows me, and it, there's like a, a footprint in the sand, footprints in the sand, oh, with Trump. That's and crazy. then he's like, oh, wait. And uh, a, about a footstep away was f oh. <laughs> it was f, f trump, trump. <laughs> <laughs> one on either foot and he was like oh that makes sense Got it. That's, <laughs> so that's the moral of the week uh, yeah. Shout out to the tots and trump is a bad man <laughs> no to our parents to our friends um thanks for everybody that submitted over yeah. the first year and uh mainly shout out to you
1: dude happy anniversary thanks for doing this i appreciate you and um we will catch everybody up next week bye bye later